Thank you for joining us for this episode. The Inner Conversation is brought to you by the Living Word of Christ Ministries. Our mission is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. For more information, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can watch service live at 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. Or if you miss service, you can catch what you missed on our YouTube channel. We hope you enjoy. It was kind of like, okay, who's the winner here? But, you know, we're all winners somehow, you know, because it takes something just to come out and just have fun with it. Amen? Yesterday is just a, a glimpse of what God wants to do in the ministry, not only in the ministry, because it's in, it's in us too as well. Why? Because we are part of the ministry. You know, we're not visitors. We come and visit the building as we come receive the word, but yet we function as one. And so everyone together yesterday was functioning just the way that they were needing to function. And that's why things were, the whole event was running so smoothly because everyone was in place. And we have to remember that as we continue not only to do a work for God, but as we go forward and do more of God's business, that we continue to stay in place not stepping out of place and thinking, well, this is for me and that's for me. Well, God will give you direction in that. God will give you the ability for it. And this is what we're going to be going into this morning. We're going to finish chapter 25 in Matthew. And, uh, and what it says, the subject title, it says, the, uh, the Son of Man will judge the nations. Now, this is something that's very, very eternal something that we must take in, something that we must turn an ear to. Why? Because Jesus, throughout his word, continues to give us warning of the things that will come when the world comes to an end. Because the world's not going to last forever. We're not going to last forever. You know, just five years ago, I was 21, and all of a sudden, I'm 40-something, right? I mean, it flew by pretty quick, and I thought I had all the time in the world. But time caught up with me, and now I'm going, now I'm going and having gray hair, and I haven't shrunk just yet, but I heard when you get older, you shrink, yep. right? Oh, well, there goes that. So I'm going to stand tall as, as much as I can and, you know, stand with the tall guys for now. I'm not looking forward to that now. Man, well, thank you for that confirmation. Lord, I pray, let me keep my height so I can look over the pulpit, amen? Or we're going to have to change the size of the pulpit. But God is good. We're going to be continuing in Matthew chapter 25, starting at verse 31 this morning. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this day. And I pray as we just get into your word, Father, help us to discover the importance behind it. Help us to acknowledge it, Lord, wholeheartedly, God, and knowing that we are called to this. Not the person next to us, not the person in front of us, but us directly, Lord. We are called to specific things that you have put upon our hearts talents and giftings, God, that you have instilled within us, Lord. Help us to acknowledge these things, my God, this morning, and point us into your direction, my God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Matthew 25, starting at verse 31, it says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. Judgment to the churches and believers and the reward, the faithful, the service unto the Lord. So the judgment will come upon everyone, okay? Good, bad, evil, not so evil, servants of Christ, the, the church, the people, everyone will come 
under judgment. See, there's no one, there's no place, nowhere that we can hide from this, okay? Jesus is, blunt, is being blunt right here. You know, it's going to come to all nations. So whether, you know, you're, no matter what race, ethnicity, no matter where you live, and if you live in the, the mountains under, uh, under uh, rocks or whatever, a cave, God is still going to find you, and you're going to have to have an account for everything that you have done. 2 Corinthians, there's going to be a couple of chapters I'm going to be going over, but you don't have to turn there if you don't want to. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, it says that for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. See, whether good or bad, we all will be accountable for what we do. See, this is something that, that always grabbed my attention because I always thought in the back of my head, well, is everything that I'm doing up to this point, has it been good? Has it been bad? Has it been good enough? And see, this is why it's important that we keep our relationship with God tight. I'm talking about like your best friend, your best homie back in the day. You would, they would, not, go, you would not go nowhere without them, Right? Because you trusted them. Why? Because they had your back. You would not go anywhere without somebody in your life. Why? Because you always knew that no matter where you went, you were safe with them. The same thing, the same type of relationship that we should have with Jesus. That relationship of no matter where I go, I know that you're going to be there with me. I'm going to take you there with me. Meaning, no matter where, I'm, where I go, I'm going to be a representative of you. I'm not going to change the way that I act. I'm not going to change the way that I talk. I'm going to act exactly as if you're there right next to me. Why? Because when I turn to you and I seek your presence and I seek your direction, I'm going to feel it. Because I've always kept you close to me. Because I've always acknowledged you no matter where I've been in life. I've always kept it real. And so this... Brings us to that place of no matter what we do, good and bad, we will see that judgment take place in our lives. And see, this is something to always just keep in the back of our minds, well, not in the back of our minds, in our hearts. Because it will always keep that fear of God within us. Amen? Romans chapter 14, starting at verse 10, it goes on to say, that, but why do you judge your brother, or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall stand, all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So now we're talking about the judgment of the brother. Now we're talking about even being held in the accountability of how we treated or mistreated others, even in the household of God. It happens. See, this is, this is where we kind of like go grow. We grow lightly on it. People in church doesn't mean the people in the church are good. It doesn't mean that they have everything straight. That doesn't mean that they have everything together. We come to church because we want to hear more of God. We want to see God's word. We want more of God to be spoken in our hearts and our lives so that we could be a reflection of him. But yeah, we go into life, we go into the world, we go into our jobs, and then we run into some bad things. We run into some bad circumstances. Things are happening to us. The enemy's trying to come against us. The, our, our families are fighting. Our friends are fighting. Our marriages are just bumping heads, and things are just hitting the fan, and it's just exploding everywhere. And this is why we come to church. So because we believe that God's going to keep all this thing together. We believe that God has control of all these things. 
And sometimes when, we're, when we think we're in a certain place, we begin to try to correct someone. We begin to try to look at someone like they have issues and they have problems, not realizing that we're the ones that have issues and that we're the ones that have problems because we're looking at someone the wrong way in the first place. See, but when we speak on and when we act it out, you're going to be held accountable for how that brother or how that sister is going to react according to the judgment that you're trying to bring upon them. So we have to be careful. The church is supposed to be a safe place for us to be ourselves, to say, you know what, this is who I am, Lord, and this is where I'm at. It's not a place of where we try to catch all the, I don't want to say a bad word, uh, all the gossip. We don't want to hear like, oh, what are they struggling with? What are they going through? What are, what are, you know, what's going on? I want to hear all the news. I want to hear all the stuff. It's not a place of gossip. It's not a place of, well, I have a better idea or I, I, I could do this better. Well, if that was the case, God would have put you there in the first place. But sometimes we get on this high horse and we begin, we begin to walk over those that were put before us to come and help us. To come and lend a hand. To come and speak a good word that the Lord has put on them. So see, all around, the church is a safe haven for those that come in that are just still hurting even today. doesn't matter the position. doesn't matter the title. Everyone comes in. Why? Because we need a change. We need something new. We come in and say, Lord, change my dirty diaper. Right? Because it's, getting, it's stinking pretty bad. And I need a change. Going on, verse 32 goes to say, All nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. I sure hope I'm on the right hand. I don't want to be a goat. Jesus speaking and giving warning about what will come to pass. See, but he doesn't do this, and he doesn't say this to scare us, but to prepare us for something that we can't escape. He's telling us right here, you're going to be either on the right hand or on the left hand. Either you're going to be a sheep or you're going to be a goat. You're going to be this or you're going to be that. This is why throughout the Bible, we read his encouragement, and we take heed to his warnings. It's good to see the encouragement from Jesus, right? We read it and we're like, man, Lord, that, that, that gives me the faith that I need. Man, Lord, that gives me the courage, the strength, everything that I need to carry on for the day. Heck alone, for even the week, that's all I needed. But when it comes to this, how lightly are we taking it? Because in the same way the Lord encourages us, the same Lord is saying, hey, warning, warning. Guess what? Be ready. Be prepared. This is going to happen. He wants us to know what to be aware of, what to walk away from. He has given us specific instructions on how to live out our lives. Turn to 2 Corinthians 4, 16. It says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ accordingly to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, 
All things have become new. All things have become new. You're something new. We're something created that it's new. No longer having to, of course, worry about the old any longer. The sheep, what that's representing on the account of their simplicity, mildness, inoffensiveness. It doesn't say offensiveness, inoffensiveness. Inoffensiveness. Meaning you're not going out there offending people. Goats, on the other hand, is used as an emblem of a wicked man because of their inferior value, naturally quarrelsome, always wanting to fight, always wanting to argue, always wanting to give into the flesh, excessively ill-sensed, that means stinky, and selfish. Have you ever heard that saying, man, they, they don't know, but they're, they're smelling pretty bad? And we're not talking about gas. We're not talking about body odor. We're talking about now the spiritual sense. You know how we have spiritual pride at times. We come in and we think we know it all. We come in and we think we're the ruler of the household. You know, God spoke to me and he really touched me today. So I'm going to walk into wherever I am and I'm, I'm, I'm holy now today. I heard, I, heard, I heard God's voice and I, heard, I, I, I have clear direction. And now all of a sudden we think we're high and mighty. And other believers are around, man, man, they stink. What's going on with them? All of a sudden, they think they're high and mighty, but God was just trying to give them encouragements. We have to be careful that we're not riding and walking around high and mighty, that we're not thinking more of ourselves, but keeping it real. And knowing that, you know what? What we give is what everyone gets. It's exactly just it. What we give is what everyone gets. First Thessalonians 1.3, it says, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father. Working in faith and working in love. Going to verse 34, always getting ahead of myself. It says, then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you, for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. Doing all these things, working in faith, labor of love, as I just read in 1 Thessalonians. And this is how we know that we're doing it correctly. This is talking about all people, great and small. Everyone, great and small. The saying, money can't buy everything. Has, has anyone ever heard of that? Money cannot buy everything? But, let, but yet, sometimes we always pray for God to bless us in our finances. We always ask God to uh, give a better job so that I could pay rent and I could uh, uh, buy a bigger house. That used to be my prayer a long time ago. I never asked for a white picket fence because I, I knew that if it was made out of wood, termites would get to it eventually. The dog would bite it, bite it up. The dog would tear it up or something. I didn't want a white. I want a black. How do you say? A, what's a, not the wire fence. What is it? Those fences? Iron fence. Yeah, because nothing will happen to it besides rust. I want a black iron fence for my next house. But see, I would pray for that, but not the fence. I would pray for all these things. Lord, my wife even knows. Lord, I want a better job so that I could bless 
everyone. So I could bless and bless and bless him. Guess what? I got that job and I just blew and blew and blew and blew. And all of a sudden, man, Lord, I need a job so I could pay my bills now. It was, it, was, it, was a, it was a bad habit. You know, you, you get it, and all of a sudden you find yourself in a place of, well, I didn't follow through with my word. I didn't follow through with my promise, but, Lord, I need another bailout now. Right. I need, and this is, this is what we do. We, go, we continue to go back and go back and go back. Because even the rich have depression, anxieties, fears, struggles. They have all these things. Why? Because sometimes when you have it all, or when you think you have it all, you're always missing out on something. They don't have Jesus. Even some do have Jesus, and some acknowledge him, and God uses them in his mighty way. And when we're reading that scripture, it says, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. In this parable, Jesus is saying you. Not they, not all of you, but you. We have to look at it and remember, it's not what everyone else is doing, but it's what, is, what are you doing? What are you doing today? What have you done this past week? What have you done this past year? Why, why, why do I say this past year? Because the year before that, we made promises probably to God, right? We made promises for ourselves. And then we said, Lord, let this be a better year. Lord, help us throughout this year so that we can do more for you. Our, 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 our New Year's resolution had something to do with ourselves or with God. And this year has flown by so quick that I thought we had a lot of time this year, but that time just flew by, and it's already getting ready to end. See, this is how precious the time that God has given us is so important because it just passes us by. Before we know it, our birthday is already coming up. We just celebrated it not too long ago. Time is catching up to us. Our age is catching up to us. And yet the people out there are still multiplying. They're still seeking. They're getting more desperate. And sometimes we can get caught up in our own desires. We can get caught up in our own dreams, our own fantasies, that we start missing all these things. Why? Because when God moves in our lives, we, 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 we feel good. We, we think good. We live good. But then it's always going about going back to our old roots. Where did God take us from? Because there's people back there that I left behind that I could probably help, that I cannot forget that I've been through that struggle. Now, it's not going back to the things that you used to struggle with because now you're putting yourself in a trap, but I'm talking about those that you can help that are not in that same struggle that you were before. See, we have to be wise. We have to be smart about it. We have to know that, hey, that was my weakness. And even though I've been serving God 10 years, that does not mean that the enemy is not going to leave you alone. you got to be smart about it. We have to be smart about it. And as a church, what is the church doing? What is God's church people doing as a ministry, as a whole? Why? Because when judgment comes, he's going to judge the churches and the people. What did we do in the hospitality of those that came 
and, and visit it. I mean, God put it on your heart to follow up. Did you do it? See, we all have these answers. We all have these questions that we're going to be asked that we can't, we can't talk to God. We can't fool God. He's going to read your heart before you even answer. And before you even speak, even trying to tell it, he's going to go like, Shh, don't even try it. Don't, your heart's speaking louder than your mouth. Then like, and that's the one thing about God, is that he's not going to let us get away with anything. It might be for the moment, you might think you're getting away, he's, he's just giving you enough rope. Until you get to that place, that, that dark place, and you know he's going to pull on that rope, be like, ah, nope, you're too far, I'm going to pull you back now. I'm going to pull you back. Why? Because God always keeps us close to him. He allows us to learn that, you know what, we can't live our lives without him. We really can't. But misery loves company. And sometimes misery is just right here. And we pet it. And we're like, I'm so miserable. How are you feeling, misery? I'm just miserable as you. <laughs> but we, we feel in a distance that God is pulling us back. But yet, this misery that we love to pamper, that we love to give comfort to, it's a distraction. But God always keeps us close. And this is why we always have that, that curiosity. We always have that, that, okay, well, God, you're telling me this, so tell me more. And so there's that tug going back and forth, going back and forth. Going on verse 37, it says, Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we, use, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of my brethren, you did it to me. When you did it to the least of my brethren, members of the same family, we're all his brethren. Each and every single one of us, we're his creation. So therefore, we're his family. Some of his family are there celebrating with him. Some of his family are there worshiping him, giving that time of him. Some of his, some of his family have gotten lost. And yet, he's still relating to his brethren, those that are in need. Those are that are desiring, that are still wanting it. Ephesians chapter 5 talks about walking in love. And this is talking to the church. It's talking to everyone in the church about walking in love. If we look out throughout the whole word, something always fits us as we stand. Where we stand at today. If we look through the Bible, if we really search through the Bible, it'll tell us exactly where we're at and exactly what we're able to do. That, that's, that's the thing. That's, that's the awesome thing about the power of God's word. We can try to deny our talent, but when we come across something in the Bible, it reveals that talent to us. Why? Because we're all not only open to his word, but we're open to his spirit. That means we're open to his truth. If we follow it and do it, then we are doing it a service unto the Lord, and we won't miss out on these opportunities. See, when we're doing the will of God, we're doing it because we love him. 
We're doing it because we want to serve him. And we won't miss opportunities unless we allow these opportunities to be missed. Unless we allow them just to go away. 42, it goes on to say, for I was hungry and you gave me no food. I'm sorry, 41. Then he was also say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and he gave me no drink. Gave him no food and no drink. Going to John chapter 7, verse 37, 38, it says, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. He that believes in me. How many of you believe in Jesus today? Words of living water will also flow from your hearts and will be given to those that are in need of it. Also, out of our hearts should be his word giving to the others that are in need. See, this is, this is, this is what it is. You're a living vessel. It's not what's keeping us alive. It's God keeping us alive. It's not how, how healthy we eat how bad we eat. It's, it has nothing to do with that. It has what God has purposed us to do. See, God will keep us alive and keep us functioning as long as he has a work for us. And then if we're not here, guess what? God just said, you know what? I'm ready for you. I'm calling you back. That's just it. It's his call. It's, it's, not, it's nothing else. It's nothing else about as far as anything, everything else that happens in the world. See, when God calls us back, he calls us back. Because sometimes, just like Job, things overcame him. His body, his family was taken away. He went through some circumstances. He was on a close, very, very close to death. But what did God tell Lucifer? You can mess with him, but you cannot take his life. God had to give him permission. See, when we have things going on in our lives, and things are just hitting the fan or whatever, it could be from our bad choices. It could be from what we allow to come in. But if you've been keeping your relationship with God pretty straight and narrow, God's just helping you grow. And he's saying, you know what, go ahead and allow, I'm going to allow you to go ahead and go into this person's life because they need to grow. So they need to be tested in this area. They need to be tried in this area. But the enemy thinks, because he thinks he has an upper hand, he goes and does whatever he wants. But knowing where we're at in God, thinking differently, it's like, you know what? The enemy's coming in trying to mess me up, but yet God is showing me that this is my time to grow. This is my time to stand. This is my time to take in this opportunity to mature even that much more in faith and in trust and in hoping that he's always going to be there with me. Going on verse 43. It says, I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, you did not visit me. 
And 44 says, Then they will also answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in, pers or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly I say to you, and as much as you did not do it for one of these least for one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishments, but the righteous into eternal life. If we look at Luke in chapter 16, it talks about like the beggar Lazarus. He was full of sores. He laid at the gate desiring to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. But there was a desire from him. He wasn't in shape. He wasn't something that was appealing to the eye. But he had a desire, a desire, something that, that wants, something that will do anything to take. But he was ignored. People just continued to walk by him. And eventually he, he died. But he had a desire, and all the people that continued to walk by him in front of the gate ignored anything that he wanted. See, if we have an ability that God has given us, there's always a desire that needs to be fulfilled. It's in our families. It's in, it's in, our, in the places that we go. It's everywhere that we have opportunity. We have uh, families that are desiring for change, that are desiring something. And they ask for it and they want it. But how exactly are we giving it out? How exactly are we speaking it and giving it to them? Are we just trying to like cram it in? Because you know when, when we try to cram something, that the person ends up throwing it back up. Have you ever noticed that? When you try to shove something and you try to make a change and you try to make a drastic change, it doesn't come out the way that it's expected it to be. See, when someone desires something, that means they're willing, that they're wanting to take in whatever it is that they desire. So therefore, there's no need to begin to, to suffocate. There's no need to come in and, 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 and start doing this. Because if it's a, it's a desire, that means they're willing, they're wanting, and they're wanting to take in to accept. Because I know that when we have opportunity and we're praying for those that are in need of a change or of salvation or God in their lives, they're just like babies, baby Christians. They're barely accepting Jesus. It's not time to send in correction to them. It's time to feed them the word of God. Some of us started off as babies. I remember when I started going to church, a Christian church, because I grew up Catholic. And my wife invited me out to church. I'm like, all right, let's go. I love you, so let's go. And so we went, and uh, out of all the services, the pastor started talking about uh, Catholic church. And I was like, oh, heck no. Talking about, you know, the rosary, having to crawl on your knees, and talking about everything that I believed in. And I was like, oh, how dare he? You know, I want to go up there and punch him in the eye socket and, you know, and cause an offense. And she's like, calm down. You know, he's just telling the truth. 
You calm down. He's talking about my religion. He's talking about my belief. But see, he wasn't talking about it as far as bringing correction. He was talking about it to, so that whoever was there listening, that their eyes would be opened up. So that, they will, that the truth would be revealed. That it wasn't about religion, but it was about a relationship with Jesus. And I was like, man, but if he would have came to me and brought that correction into something that I believed in for so many years, guess what? I would have never returned to that church. See you, sayonara. And I probably would have never stepped into a Christian church again. And sometimes we can leave a bad taste. Sometimes we can go in rough and we can go in hard and we can bring in correction. We can bring in because we're so on fire. We're just slicing and dicing that new believer. They're this close to giving their lives to God and you just kind of cut their head off and now it's just rolling. Now they're just walking away from it. Say, so you know what? I, I don't want nothing to do with this. We could live a bad taste. Ephesians 5 talks about walking in love. That means love, you're not looking at their problems, you're not looking at their issues, but you're looking at their souls. You're looking at their hearts. You're looking at what they need, and that's Jesus. Walking in love is not easy, especially when you're going through it. Walking in love is not easy, especially if you don't know you're going to lose your job the next week. Walking in love is not easy, especially when you're fighting like cats and dogs at home or at work or wherever it may be in your relationship with each other. It's not always easy. But we always, this is the one good thing to remember this. No matter what you go through in life, even all these hiccups and arguments, you will always return back to the Lord, right? You always return back and say, you know what, Lord, thank you for helping me through the situation, through the circumstance. But remember in this time, that one person that you're going to interact with, even in the midst of going through everything that you're going through, always give them the best. Why? Because in your heart, you should already know, by the end of this, I'm still going to be there. But this person right here, they have no idea what's going on. So I got to just, Lord, help me spiritually, Lord, because I just... Of all these things going on, you want to give them your very best. Because this is their first teaspoon, their first tablespoon, their first taste of what the Lord has for them. Always give them the very best because you don't want them to see your bad side, at least just yet. Let them build that relationship with God, right? Let them see that no matter what you're going through, that you're going to make it through. The first time is the, impression, the only impression that we get. But always remember in our life, when there's a need, it's up to us to fill it. It's up to us to fill it. People will see our good side. People will see our bad side. But they're also looking at the end results. Because sometimes we mess up. Sometimes we put our foot in our mouths. Sometimes we put both feet in our mouths. But yet, that doesn't mean that you screwed up, maybe momentarily. But the end result is what matters. The end result is, okay, I see where they're at in the relationship with God. It's in our lives and in our walks 
the accountability that we have, that God's holding on to us. So let's make every opportunity that we have and give our very best to those that are around us, not only in the ministry, but outside of these walls. Amen. Father, we just thank you. All right, guys. So that'll be it for this episode. We honestly just want to thank everybody for your support. If you or someone you know is looking for a church, our doors are still open. And you can watch on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, weekly on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. You can watch any service, including the Women's Conference, on our YouTube channel, The Living Word of Christ Ministries. For directions, we are located at 1107 Alta Vista Drive, Biggersfoot, California, 93305. We will see you on the next episode, and God bless you.